This is Leadership in Motion with Dr. Israel Molina. Welcome to Leadership in Motion. In this episode, we'll discuss navigating the high seas, the coronavirus, the USS Roosevelt. As the United States and the world continues to battle the coronavirus, leaders are faced with difficult decisions. None more difficult than doing the right thing or doing things right. Captain Brett Crozer faced that dilemma as commander of the USS Theodore Roosevelt when he warned about the coronavirus spreading on board his aircraft carrier and urged action to save his crew. Captain Brent Crozer's action can provide a valuable lesson on what it truly means to be a leader. If you're not familiar with this story, you know, and I'm not sure how you may not be, but I guess, you know, if you're overseas, you may not know. Brett Crozer was a commander of an aircraft carrier in the South Pacific. He found out that some of his crew came down with the coronavirus. Knowing that a ship is tight quarters, it is very close quarters, and soon this virus was going to spread to everyone on board the ship. You know, he's aware of being a commander of a ship during wartime, you're going to lose troops, you're going to lose sailors. But to lose sailors to a virus, something that you can probably prevent, something that you can actually maybe get medical attention for your crew can help. You know, that's something that, you know, he should do. One of the things that, and I mentioned in the beginning here, is do the right thing or doing things right. Now, there's a distinction between the two. And actually, if you think about it, you know, not too many people understand that. In fact, doing things right, how is that defined? How do you define it? Doing things right means following the rules, regulations, memos, policies, procedures, standard of operations, operating instructions. In other words, everything that's written down that you're supposed to do in your job. Everything that somebody put together, maybe HR in some cases, maybe a committee, maybe a board of governors, maybe your CEO and their, their staff came together and actually put these rules and regulations of how you're supposed to do things and stuff. That that's happens in every single organization, whether it's the military, private sector. It doesn't matter. There's always rules and regulations. And if you want to move up and be a leader within an organization, you have to understand, you know, how to do things right. You have to know those rules and regulations and memos and all of those little things that, that you know, you have to do to get the job done. But doing things right, that's a different thing. And, and I know for... <laughs> And I'm sure, like for myself, many, many years ago, you know, I was kind of puzzled by that whole entire, you know, notion. You know, what's, what's, what's the difference? Doing things right, doing the right thing. And then so I started thinking and I started learning and I started reading and I started really understanding what 
doing the right thing is. Because doing the right thing comes from your norms, your beliefs, your values, your morals, empathy, sympathy, humanity. Humanity. And that's a big word right there, humanity. And that is basically relating to other people, your compassion for other people. And that is very important. And if you really think about what Captain Crozer did, you know, he actually had a lot of compassion for his troops, for his sailors. He knew that unless he actually took action, some of these sailors, they come down with the virus, some of these sailors may die. But what happens is, right, the media kind of like twisted this whole entire thing as, well, you know, he did something wrong. He did something wrong that, you know, and then even the Secretary of the Navy, you know, said that what, what he did was either naive or stupid. Because what happens is Captain Crozer sent out a memo to his higher-ranking um, staff basically informing them that there's a virus on board and telling them that, hey, he needs guidance so that he can go ahead and take his troops to Guam to get medical attention. He did it out of compassion for his sailors, to take care of his sailors, because he knows that this is a very serious virus. This is very serious that people can die. So there's, there's that empathy, sympathy, for somebody that, that might, might die and stuff like that. So the thing about it is, is that, you know, one of the, when I was doing my research on this whole entire situation, you know, I thought to myself, a lot of people have judgments a lot of people have judgments about, well, you know, that, yeah, that was kind of a stupid thing that he did, or that was, you know, really kind of dumb what he did and this and that, you know. So, and, you know, and the very first time I heard about the story, I was like, okay, well, you know, it sounded like, you know, he, he was basically trying to do the right thing, trying to do the right thing. In other words, follow his heart, follow his emotion, follow humanity, follow that path and everything like that but then I decided you know I can't really judge this individual you can't judge this individual and I'm almost positive for anybody who's listening here probably nine out of ten or maybe maybe one person out of maybe 50 who knows has actually read the memo that he sent up his chain of command because we're so eager to say, oh, yeah, he did a dumb thing because the media says it. But you should never judge someone until you actually get the whole entire story. So I decided right before doing this to get the actual memo. I'm going to get the actual memo, and I'm sure it's out there, and sure enough, I found it. And if you want to go ahead and uh, Google it, go ahead and Google it. Because this is a real good lesson in leadership. This is an excellent lesson in leadership. Unfortunately, up to this date, when I'm recording this, and, and I apologize to you folks out there that I have not recorded a, 
uh, an episode in, in a while, but this is something that we really needed to, to, to do. And uh, with this whole entire virus thing, you know, and, and trying to get to work, trying to avoid getting sick, trying to do this and that, you know, I kind of like, you know, I haven't had too much time to do my episodes. But the thing about it is it's, uh, so I took the time to take that, this memo and look at it and read it, digest it, and actually see where Captain Crozer was coming from. So let's take a look at this memo. Okay, and I'm not going to read it all entirely. Okay, I'm just going to read some segments of the of the memo. Now, the subject line of the memo says "Request for assistance in response to COVID-19 pan- pandemic." Simple enough. Here's a commander who's asking for guidance. He wants assistance. Okay, and this is the very first paragraph in this memo. If required, the USS Theodore Roosevelt would embark all assigned sailors to set sail and be ready to fight and beat any adversary that dares challenge the U.S. and our allies. The virus would currently have an impact, but in combat, we are all willing to take certain risks that are not acceptable in peacetime. However, we are not at war and therefore cannot allow a single sailor to perish as a result of this pandemic unnecessarily. Decisive action is required now in order to comply with CDC and NAF Amend 083-20 guidance and prevent tragic outcomes. Now, when you think about it, right, and what I talked about just a a couple minutes ago and stuff, right, is the difference about doing things right and doing the right thing. Doing things right, remember what I just said, is about following rules, regulations, guidance, memos, policies, procedures. And here he is citing those same regulations. In his second paragraph, it says, problem statement. With the crew embarked, Theodore Roosevelt is unable to comply with CDC protocols or NAV amend 083-20 guidance. Based on CDC guidance, the Theodore Roosevelt observations, the only effective method to preserve individuals' health is total isolation for 14 days, plus in accordance with NAV admin, it says individual hotels, barracks, rooms with separate head. If you weren't in the Navy, if you've never been in the Navy, head makes a restroom. Due to a warship's inherent limitation of space, we are not doing this. The spread of the disease is ongoing and accelerating. So he basically stated the problem in his problem statement paragraph. He also stated the regulations, the rules and regulations. Again, here is the commander trying to do things right. In his second paragraph, inappropriate focus on testing. Testing has no direct influence on the spread of COVID-19. And that's true. 
You can test to see if somebody has it, but it's not going to actually stop it. You can actually identify the people who ha has the virus. And what he says here, that's inappropriate focus on testing. So that's not really the way to solve this whole entire issue. In one of his paragraphs here, right, it says, COVID-19 testing cannot prove a sailor does not have the virus. It can only prove that the sailor does. And then so he cites an illustration of the tests that he actually had performed on some of the crew members. And it actually stated that about 21% of his crew that were tested were infected. Were infected. Paragraph 3 cites inappropriate quarantine and isolation. With the exception of a handful of senior officers' staterooms, there is no rooms that have their own bathrooms. So you can't really isolate somebody on board a ship. So in this paragraph, he's identifying the obstacles that is going to prevent, prevent him from actually complying with the rules and regulations. Those same rules and regulations that are outlined in you know, NAV admin 083-20. And in the next paragraph, right, he basically goes into that same regulation. It says, in order to stop the spread of the virus, the CDC and the Navy Marine Corps Public Health Center both recommend individual quarantine. They both recommend against a group quarantine. They, they renounced limited or no contact with exposed individuals and no use of the same facility or items exposed individuals have touched. And again, he cites NAV admin 083-20 echoes this guidance. And in this next paragraph, right, it says the environment most conducive to the spread of the disease is the environment the crew of the Theodore Roosevelt is in right now, both aboard ship and ashore. And he cites some of the things that were identified in that regulation that we need to to address large amounts of sailors in a confined space and that's where he, he's at you know on board that aircraft carrier open shared bedroom open shared you know like in other words dorms rooms where, where they sleep shared restrooms confined shared workspaces computers shared large no numbers of mess, in other words, the shaw the shaw hall, the dining hall, the, the facility where they actually eat, where they all have to eat together, meals cooked, food pr provided by exposed personnel. So now, <laughs> not only do you have a problem that this virus is spreading around the ship, the people that are actually preparing the food also have the virus. Mandatory watch operations task demanding consistent close contact is something that they need to go ahead and uh, prevent. Movement about the ship requires constant close contact with other exposed individuals. 
everything that he's citing here is something that that regulation says that you need to avoid to prevent the spread of this virus. So here's a commander that's trying to do the right thing following the rules and regulations. These are the rules that you're telling me that I need to go ahead and play by. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm identifying it. Yes, I'm acknowledging, I'm affirming that these are the situations that I need to go ahead and prevent in order to keep my crew safe. But yet the memo came on deaf ears. Nobody above him wanted to take action. Ineffectiveness of current strategies. Based on the current limitations, lack of appropriate quarantine and isolation facilities, inability to effectively achieve social distancing, Theodore Roosevelt has instituted limited measures to slow the spread of the disease. We have moved a small percentage of the crew off ship. Increase the frequency of cleaning throughout the ship and pay more attention to social distancing. The current strategies will only slow the spread. The current plan in execution on the Theodore Roosevelt will not achieve virus eradication on any timeline. In other words, he decided that he's going to go ahead and get some of his crew offshore, off to, to a hospital, get, get medical attention while focusing on trying to clean the ship, trying to take care of the ship. Paragraph five says, lessons learned from the Diamond Princess. And if you're not aware of the Diamond Princess, it uh, was a cruise ship that folks came down with the virus on, on board the ship. And for a while, it was off the shore of uh, California and they didn't know what to do, whether to bring that ship on shore or not. So those folks were kind of like in limbo. Captain Crozier and his sailors were in the same type of situation. Close quarters. You couldn't go anywhere. You can't do anything. Limited medical attention. Everybody, everybody has a risk of being exposed. Exactly the same as the Diamond Princess cruise ship. So he's trying to show a parallel. This is what happened on that ship. This is what's going to happen on this aircraft carrier. Now it says here, the cruise ship carriers a large number of people in confined spaces with relatively homogeneous <laughs> mix. On February 3rd, 2020, an outbreak of COVID-19 on the cruise ship Diamond Princess was reported following an uh, a case on board 2125 January and that goes a little bit more details into um, the cruise ship and the measurements that they took to try to keep people from getting the virus so not only is he Captain Crozer is citing rules regulations he's saying he's showing parallel hey you don't believe me, but this is what happened on this cruise ship. All these people came down with the virus. You know, he's kind of like, he's, he's crying out. Come on, anybody listening to him? You know, he sends out this memo. Final sentence of the abstract. Conclusion. The cruise ship... The, the cruise ship 
condition clearly amplified in an already high transmittable disease. The public health measures prevented more than 2,000 additional cases compared to no intervention. However, evacuation of all passengers and crews on the outbreak would have prevented many more passengers and crews from infection. However, evacuating passengers and crews uh, clearly on the outbreak would have prevented more outbreak. In other words, if they would have taken those people off the ship earlier, the cruise ship he's talking about earlier, it would have prevented a lot of people from getting sick. And that's exactly what he's trying to accomplish on this aircraft carrier. Proposed new strategy. So he's reading the rules and regulations. He's citing what's the conditions you know, uh, on board the ship. He's showing parallel you know, what happened on the Diamond Princess cruise ship. And this is his proposal. He's just saying, hey, there are two end states Theodore Roosevelt could achieve. A, maximum warfighting readiness and capability as quickly as possible. No timeline necessary. We go to war with the forces that we have and fight sick. We never achieve COVID-19 free Theodore Roosevelt. There will be a loss to the virus. So that's one strategy. In other words, just ignore it. It's going to go away. Don't worry about it. We're going to go ahead and just press on. That's the best. That's the strategy. Okay. B. Achieve a COVID-free Theodore Roosevelt required strict adherence to CDC guidance and methodical approach to achieve a clean ship. This requires immediate and decisive action. It will take time and money. Time and money. As war is not imminent, we recommend pursuing the peace time end state. Theodore Roosevelt has two primary goals in order to achieve the end state. A. Prevent unnecessary death. Reduce the number of sailors that contract COVID-19 and eliminate future spread. B. Regain and maximize warfighting readiness and capability as quick as possible. That's basically the strategies that he's outlining. This is what we need to do. If we want to go ahead and get this ship war ready, we need to get these sailors well. They need to get some medical attention. We need to clean up this ship. We need to be able to go, go into a wartime situation ready. Not fighting two fronts. One front with maybe a, an adversary and another front with a virus. And again, he's... You know, when, when I'm looking at this, I've never, I, I don't really think that he was, was, although I know in his heart he really was doing the right thing, you know, it wasn't governed by that. If you read the memo, he was doing things right. He was following rules, regulations, and setting out a strategy. This is, this is what we should do. Hey, these are the parallels. These are the warnings. He's actually giving his leadership information that they need to come up with a good decision and stuff, right? And he also admits to the fact, okay, that this is going to take money, time and money. Time and money to achieve. 
time for the for the sailors to get well and money spent you know basically housing them off the ship maybe in hotels where they can actually isolate time and money is the only thing that's going to really help this um, this situation paragraph 7 conclusion decisive action is required removing the majority of personnel from a deployed U.S. nuclear aircraft carrier and isolating them for two weeks may seem like an extraordinary measure. A portion of the crew would have to stay on board to run the reactor, sanitize the ship, ensure security, and provide for contingency response to emergencies. This is a necessary risk. It will enable the carrier and the air wing to get back on their way as quickly as possible while ensuring the health and safety of our sailors. Keeping 4,000 young men and women on board the Theodore Roosevelt is an unnecessary risk and breaks faith with the sailors entrusted to our care. I think that, that okay, now reading this sentence, that last line right there, I think that's when it actually reveals that he's doing the right thing. Let me repeat that. This is this is an this is a necessary risk. It will enable the carrier and air wing to get back on their way as quickly as possible. Again, that's reassuring and following rules and regulations. Okay. But this line right here, and to me this means a lot. It says keeping over 4,000 young men and women on board the Theodore Roosevelt is an unnecessary risk and breaks faith with sailors entrusted to our care. And remember when I said doing, doing the right thing means norms, beliefs, morals, empathy, sympathy, humanity. That right there, that line right there is basically showing his humanity. It's showing his humanity. Because he knows that he's entrusted to care for those sailors. Next paragraph. There are challenges associated with securing individual lodging for our crew. This will require a political situation, but it is the right thing to do. The right thing to do. When I first read this, right, and I thought to myself, oh, my God, because, you know, I thought to myself, I was going to go ahead and do this focusing on the dilemma between doing things right and the right thing to do. And he actually said exactly, you know, what I wanted to get out in this message. We are not at war. Sailors do not need to die. If we do not act now, we are failing to properly care for our most trusted asset, our sailors. Request all available resources to find NAV admin and CDC compliant quarantine rooms for my entire crew as soon as possible. And like I said, you know, this memo is online. And if you're someone who likes to study leadership, this is something that you really need to take a look at and read and actually take it in and actually analyze it, dissect it, okay? Because this is what leadership is about. 
leadership is confronting the dilemma between doing things right and doing the right thing. Later on, Captain Crozier was removed from his position as commander of the USS Theodore Roosevelt because the memo had leaked out into the media. Now, there's no telling who actually leaked out the memo. He sent this memo to his leadership to, uh, as far as I, I, I heard, was 22 people he sent this memo to. Any of those 22 people could have probably sent that memo to the media. It, couldn't, it may not have been him himself. In the justification of removing him from his ship, the Secretary of State basically said that Captain Crozer was either naive or stupid, and he should not have been in command of this aircraft carrier. Naive or stupid. When Captain Crozier left his ship, he, he got a standing ovation from all his sailors who sent him, you know, and basically, it, 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 you, you got to see it if you get a chance, right? The, the ovation that, that he got when he left. Because sometimes to be a leader, you have to do, do the right thing. The whole entire premise that this captain was naive or stupid you don't become a captain of an aircraft carrier being naive or stupid. That's not on the job description. It doesn't say no experience necessary. We need a commander of a USS Theodore Roosevelt nuclear-powered aircraft carrier. No experience necessary. Any stupid person can do Heck no. In order to be a commander of an aircraft carrier. You have to be extremely intelligent. You have to be a leader above leaders. You have to be someone that is willing to sacrifice everything to do the right thing. Do, do things, do the right thing. How many times, uh, how many times have you been in a situation where you could either follow the rules and regulations. Okay, well, this is the rules. And it says I need to go ahead and do this, this, this. But you know in your heart of hearts that you have to do the right thing. And some of us are challenged with that, you know. Well, you know, if, if I don't do things right by the rules and regulations, I'm not going to get that next promotion. Well, I'm not going to get here. I'm not going to get this job that I want or something like that. You know what? If doing the right thing means you're not going to get that promotion or you're not going to get to this place or that place, maybe you may need to do some serious reflective thinking on your career path. Maybe this job that's asking you to do things, you know, just do the right thing, just follow the directions, don't think about it. Just I remember this one supervisor who told this, he got promoted to like manager. He told his supervisor, I don't pay you to think. I pay you to do well, what you're supposed to do. Well, guess what? Sometimes that doesn't really help. You know? Captain Crozer followed his heart. He also followed the rules and regulations. 
he cited it so many times, you know. In fact, I, th I didn't count it. it was, I just lost count how many times he's citing rules and regulations and policies and procedures and, and everything. You know, that that's what this whole entire memo is about. It's like so much. He's trying to do the right thing, but ultimately he lost his position for doing things right. Doing things right. Doing, doing, doing the right things. No, doing things... Doing things right is rules and regulations by doing the right thing. And the right thing was following norms, beliefs, values, your values. So I encourage you to take a look at that. Take a look at the story. Take a look at the, the memo. Don't become a victim you know, of the media who says that he did, he did this, did that. Read the memo. See what he was trying to accomplish. See the reason why... He basically he um, he brought his ship ashore and got his um, troops, his sailors, the medical attention that they needed. And because ultimately we're we're responsible for the care of the people below us when we're in a leadership position. I'd like to thank you very much for listening to my podcast. And. Um, in these trying times, you know, I'm hoping that you're all safe out there. I'm hoping you guys are taking um, the appropriate measures that you have to take. So far in the United States, over 90,000 people have died to this virus. There's a lot of companies that are, are basically affording people the opportunity to work from home, but there's a lot of frontline employees that can't. I'm a frontline em employee. I can't. I don't have that luxury to stay home. So I'm trying to be very careful. I'm trying. I can't tell you how many times I wash my hands every, every day and stuff. I wear my mask. Try to practice social distancing. We need to look out for each other. We need to take care of each other. And if you're in a position of authority, you're in a leader within an organization, right? You need to take care of the, your people. You need to make sure that they're okay. You need to make sure that, you know. Hey, heck, if you have to remind them five or six times a day, 10 times a day, 20 times a day, hey, make sure you wash your hands. Hey, clean that counter. Let's go ahead and clean down everything. Let's go ahead and wash the counters. Let's go ahead and wash those, clean those um, door handles, and, you know, doorknobs and, and all that stuff, right? You know, show them that you care. Do the right thing. Do the right thing with your people, for your people. These are very tr troubling times, very challenging times. And I wish you the very best wherever you are throughout the world. And uh, God, God bless. Thank you for listening to my podcast. And if you'd like to um, write us a line, uh, an email, the email is leadershipinmotion036 at gmail.com. And as always, take the lead today for a better tomorrow. This has been Leadership in Motion with Dr. Israel Molina. Please subscribe to our podcast.